With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On the front lines of Houston sports. Let's go! You're in the trenches with N.D. Kalu. N.D. Kalu. Welcome in. Happy Tuesday to everybody out there in Radio Land. I'm N.D. Kalu. He is Chris Gordy on the other side of the table, and he's back. Brendan Riley, a.k.a. B-Ride, back from his Midwest adventures. Happy New Year, Brendan Riley, back in the saddle again. So we got the whole squad here, and you know we cannot do the show without you. We are the most interactive show in the entire world. That was pretty cool when I first heard that we were the most interactive show in the entire world. I heard it from myself to myself, but it's still pretty cool. So if you want to jump in, 713-212-5790, or you can hit us up via Twitter, I'm at ND Kalu. He is at Chris Gordy. Yep. That's it? Are you just ND Kalu? No, that's such a basic name. I'm surprised <laughs> you got that. I was one of the very early joiners to Twitter. Interesting. Like Brendan Riley, he has to put the underscore at the end of his because that's also a common name. There's no there's not another ND Kalu out there? In Nigeria, but they don't they got other things <laughs> they, to worry they were about. They're a little behind on joining Twitter. <laughs> not that they're behind. They got other issues to worry about uh <laughs> than to to see Brendan playing among us on Twitter. So yeah, they they gotta figure out where the clean water is at and have the Western world from stripping them of their uh, natural resources. Yeah, there, there they, might be a Nigerian <laughs> prince out there in Dekalu asking for money. Oh, they do that all the time. Yeah, but please wire money it. to me overnight. I don't know if I'm more surprised that somebody would actually try that, would have the audacity to, to try that, or the fact that they actually get somebody. And there was a there was a time about three four years ago where I was getting these calls, and I know you're not supposed to judge a book by its voice. But they were from the Middle East, and they were telling me that they work for the IRS, and there was something wrong with my account, and they wanted me to give them their social security number, my social security number. Yeah. So I would always play along like I was confused and, oh, what do I need to do? Then right before I gave them a number, I will just curse them out and call them a sand rhymes with wigger. And then I would just hang up the phone on them. One of them actually called me back and started cursing me out. We used to get um, telemarketers would call the hotline here at the station, and uh, Lance Zerline, was, he was here sometimes on the air. He would just take them live and just go with them. Yes, I'm having big issues with my uh, with my computer. Can I give you my credit card number? And the guy would be like, no, no, sir, no. <laughs> it was really funny. Yeah, let me ask you this. There were two uh, – I saw this happen yesterday uh, to some female up-and-coming journalists, like mm -hmm. girls right out of college that are trying to get into sports journalism. A lot of them got this weird text yesterday from some – Guy saying, hi, I'm so-and-so with Barstool Sports. We're looking for a new sexy, hot reporter, and we want to make you do videos and stuff. Send us some of your samples and all this. Well, it was obviously a hoax, but these girls screen captain and put it out there. Well, Dave Portnoy at Barstool goes, wait a minute. Like, 
don't put this out. Like, you're putting this out there, and it's making us look bad. Because all these people are like, oh, figures with Barstool. Right. Dave goes, first off, I do all the hiring. You'll never get a text from somebody. So I just thought it was an interesting dynamic because they're getting bad pub from it. And he's like, well, I have nothing to do with this. Whoever this is is some idiot trying to, you know. I'm surprised he... I don't know much about Barstool, but from what I hear, I'm surprised they don't go off the old adage, all publicity is good publicity, yeah. and that he didn't care. But for well, him to, it, it, it did it really just, it was cringeworthy. It made them sound, look, or what? Just it, real it, creepy. It just was one of those things where it's like, you know, the, the girls are saying, see, this is what we have to deal with nowadays mm. with, you know, females in, in sports journalism. But it was obviously somebody not connected with Barstool, but it was like giving Barstool a bad name. And they've gotten a lot of good pub this past week because Portnoy's been doing this thing. They've been raising money for small businesses and they've, they're up to $17 million they've wow. raised. And he's literally said, just send us, if you're a small business struggling, send us your story. And so all the past two weeks, he's been FaceTiming those business owners saying, hey, look, we're taking care of you, not just now, but through the rest of this pandemic until you get back on your feet. You know, good for them using their platform to help others out there. I've always wondered, the, the women in sports, how tough it really is. And it's tough because I know I don't see them any differently. I remember when they first were allowed in the locker rooms, like it was about three or four years before I made it to college football. Then when I was in college, that's when they started letting them in the NFL locker rooms. And when I say let them in, so when I, it, I always talk about my welcome to the NFL moment, whether it's speed, whether it was the fact that I'm putting my hand in the dirt and I see Emmitt Smith on the other side of the ball or Troy Aikman. There's always these little moments said, where I'm wow, like, wow, can I have your autograph? Oh, I asked Dan Marino. The jerk ignored, <laughs> ignored me, so I hit him late and got a P.I. But uh, <laughs> but one of my, oh, this is the NFL. This isn't Rice University. In the locker room, dudes walk around butt naked and just women in there waiting for them to finish. And I'm like, should you be putting a towel on? Like, well, you, lady, turn around. He's naked. You probably didn't know that. And they're like, nah, fool. Like, if they're going to be in our locker room, we're going to treat them just like the men get treated. And if they see some things swinging, they see it as well. You just have to make sure that you're careful. And I will say this. There's so much negative publicity or negative news when it comes to how football players treat women. I will say in the locker room, I, in 12 years, I never saw a player treat a woman differently. Like, whether it be try to make them uncomfortable by, right. you know, walking around them naked or calling them hun or anything. That's one, you know, that's one of the many things that doesn't get enough, uh, I don't know if you want to say it doesn't get enough press because you're supposed to treat them like you treat anybody else. So it's not like you should be uh, lauded for that. But it, I just never saw an incident where a dude treated a female reported differently just because she's a female. If anything, I've seen a couple cases of the the athlete trusts the female more not in mm -hmm. like a trying to hook up kind of like right almost like a friendship kind of professional hey look here's my number you know if you need no, anything reach out to me well, <laughs> he's giving the number no but i've seen cases no, where you. they're not doing that but <laughs> right. like it's almost like they trust them more than the local tv guy or whatever when was the first time you were in a locker room interviewing players after a game i mean i started in college so that was a little bit different nfl players Co no, no, col in college, doing college games. Mm -hmm. It's night and day, though, from college to, to pros. It's funny because I went back to uh, covered the LSU National Championship this year and postgame went in the locker room. I couldn't believe the free reign I had. They're like, I can literally go interview whoever I wanted. I didn't have to clear it with anybody. I was like, wow, this is like 
night and day. Right. And obviously all that's changed with COVID and all. But yeah, it's it's very funny going back to the college ranks from it's so much more relaxed. You have access. You can interview whoever you want. Even uh, Joe Burrow? Well, so he, because he won the game, he was at the podium. Mm-hmm. But like all the guys in the locker room, you could just walk up with your recorder, interview whoever you want. Now, do you ever go into a locker room saying, I want to interview this guy more on the fan side, or do you try to keep it professional? No, you're in there professional. I mean, I, I, on Sundays throughout the seasons, I live in the Astros clubhouse. And yeah, I'm not worried about them. So if there was the <laughs> Texans. the Astros? Well, I mean, for after. There's yeah. 199 games, so that one, you probably, they'll probably know you, you by first name. You could interview the entire team. But in the NFL, the you only have eight shots at it, you know, per yeah, season. Yeah. Who's a guy now that you're like, you know what, I would like to interview him after a game? It's different. Like I'd I'd love to do a sit down interview with Deshaun, not a not a cattle call, put a mic in his face and you gotcha. get one question. I mean gotcha. that's just and a lot of those are they're just I mean, it's in the heat of the moment. What did you what'd you like about the game today? What went wrong with the game today? You know, it's all that kind of stuff. What would you be your first question? So let's set the scene like sixty minutes and you have Deshaun Watson sitting in front of you, it's just you and your favorite suit. What's the first question you're asking? Uh why do you want Tim Kelly back next year? No, I'm kidding. But that that was a <laughs> that was the topic yesterday. No, I know. <laughs> Why are you so damn sold on Tim Kelly being your? That's not a bad question. The only problem, he'll give you the. I know, but the, like somebody brought it up because you said yesterday you're like, oh, maybe he's just doing that. It's his guy right now, so he's just doing to help him out for his other job. But the fact that he said he went out of his way to call Cal McNair to vouch for Tim Kelly, that's what makes me go, oh, like, you know on, what. Man. That doesn't bother me that much, and I gave the whole would you ra- not would you rather am I on something or onto something yesterday for those that missed the show. I know it's not sexy. I know what we love is fans. What we love is sports talk hosts just having something new to talk about, new to play with. If you change everything else and the new head coach or the new general manager says, you know what, I don't want my star quarterback who just and I know you don't care about this stat, but it is what it is, who just led the league in passing yards, had what, thirty-three touchdowns and nine interceptions, whatever that number is. I don't want him having to learn a new system this offseason. So we're keeping the offense the same. We're keeping the offensive coordinator. Or at least even if it's not even if it's just the offensive coordinator and the play calling, mm-hmm. I know it's not excited about the thought of having so and so, you know, calling plays. I would be okay with that because that means Deshaun Watson is only training, getting better, and becoming an expert in the system instead of training and learning a new language and a new system. But how much of the success mm-hmm. that they had is in spite of the play calling? How much I, I, I saw an offense that a lot of it was because of Deshaun Watson and his ability to extend plays and his ability to rise above his coaching, especially the first four or five games. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know... If I bring in someone that is a better offensive mind, has better offensive philosophy, has a proven track record of developing young quarterbacks and, and alike, there is no justification. To- With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
keep the same guy you had last year other than someone being comfortable. And, and don't get me wrong, I wouldn't fight for it, but if for whatever reason, and we know it's not going to happen, but if for whatever reason that was it the might case, happen. I, but I wouldn't be overly upset because, and I tend to look at the glass half full because the only part I'm looking at is, oh, okay, so the best player on the team isn't have to, he's not having to start from scratch. Yeah, I mean, there's something to that, but I also look at the brilliance that was Deshaun Watson, and I, there, and I, I'm, maybe I always look at the glass half empty. Mm-hmm. And there's a play last week. In fact, it was an interception that Deshaun threw. threw. And it's like, if you had someone in your ear, you never throw that ball. I mean, you never throw that ball just by, on your pre-snap read. There's going to be a linebacker sitting in the hole mm-hmm. because he's got that running back. You know what I'm saying? So he's got, you know, you just have to think the play through. And I'm like, how much? So as I like to give Deshaun Watson, and actually it gives him more credit because I think he's doing some incredible things with one hand tied behind his back. I would have loved to have seen the maturation of a Deshaun Watson under the tutelage of uh, Andy Reid, mm-hmm. you know, on under that kind of quarterback friendly, oh, offensive right. guru type of person to say, okay, what do you do? What do you like to do? Okay, let's figure out how to make that work. You know what I mean? Let me figure out how to make that work within my system and get the most out of you. Pat, there is there's very little difference, okay, between Pat, Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson in terms of talent level, athleticism. In fact, the argument can be made that Deshaun Watson is a better athlete than Pat, Patrick Mahomes. That being said, I think that you can see the difference, though, when you take sheer athleticism the, the convergence of sheer athleticism and coaching mm-hmm. that equals Pat Mahomes as opposed to Deshaun Watson and lack of coaching and great athlete, probably obviously a top five quarterback in the league, but he doesn't ascend to where I'm not talking about Super Bowls. I'm mm-hmm. just talking about if you're picking a play, two plays right now, everyone's picking Pat Mahomes over, over Deshaun Watson, unless right. you live in Texas. Mm-hmm. Right. And the only reason is because He's had the personal successes that comes from the intricacies and the nuances that you learn from having great systems around you. That's the voice of Sean Jones. If you want your voice to be heard, 713-212-5790 in the trenches exclusively on Sports Talk 790. Back to In the Trenches. Who cares what a bunch of football nuts think? Houston's official, unofficial, officially official, home of officiated football. Welcome in, welcome back. The Tuesday three-man roundtable. I am Indy Kalu. He is Chris Gordy, Sean Jones in the house for the entire show where we talk all things sports with a special, special emphasis on the number one sport in the history of sports, American football. And I'm seeing on the telly right now, and they're debating, is Cam Newton still a starting quarterback? I rooted for Cam this year. I wanted him to take his success and ram it down the throats of all his naysayers and critics. And this is coming from a guy that can't stand the way he dresses. But I also know that, you know what, just because I don't like someone's fashion doesn't mean that they like mine. And it doesn't matter how they dress or present themselves. It matters what they do on the field. So I ask you, because, and I preface all that to say I was rooting for him. But, man, watching him play this year, Sean, I think he's either got to accept a role as a backup or just say, you know what, I had a nice short run. I've made enough money to last me forever. Let me go off and 
start the next chapter of my life. He he does not look like a starting quarterback to me. I disagree. I, I look at a guy, and you know this, coming off of injury, which mm-hmm. he has, it's never the year. He came off of injury with no offseason, with no way to rehab because you weren't allowed in buildings, so on and so forth. And as a player, it's never the year after the injury that you get back to any kind of form. It's the year after the year after True. the injury um, that you get back to form. Now, on top of that, you have this trifecta of the injury, the lack of offseason, and then you get to a, a, a Patriot team, which is a shell of its former self. One, uh, I think the Patriot team had more opt-outs than they any did. other team in the league. They did. Um, so they weren't the same team. And on top of it, it wasn't a good offensive team to begin with. The reason why Tom Brady left. Had no no offensive weapons. weapons, No tight end. No solid running game. Offensive line was decimated with the opt-outs, so on and so forth. And so Cam Newton, you add all those things up, and he did not have as good a season uh, as he wanted to, but still accounted for 12 rushing touchdowns. You know, I think that this is a guy that if you get behind him with a full offseason, and it's not because Cam Newton is the greatest thing since sliced bread, but when you're looking at the landscape of quarterbacks in the NFL and Gardner Minshew <laughs> is your damn starting quarterback, if I'm Cam Newton, I'm like, dude, I always have a job. I, right. always, I, I, I got a chance. You know what I'm saying? Now, yeah, Jacksonville corrects that problem. Next year by getting Trevor Lawrence, right. um, Justin Fields, and the one playing the draft next year. <laughs> <laughs> well, but to your point, you're going to have the 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 top three teams right now. You've got the the Jets, the um, Jaguars, and Dolphins. And Dolphins Thanks, all three with quarterback issues. Um, you know, I I keep reading more and more that the Dolphins, if they absolutely love one of these quarterbacks. More than Tua, they won't be afraid to say, make it a competition. Let's take one of these guys. But that would be so stupid. But the point being, thought. like, the teams that have needs at quarterbacks, name them. Like, there's not not a lot. Like, a lot of jobs have been filled in the last two years of either through the draft or free agency. You know, the Saints, Drew Brees is likely to retire, so they'll be in the market. But like, good teams are not going to be really in the market for a quarterback. So it's almost like if Cam wants to remain as a starter, it's going to be on a crappy team. I will say this. If the Miami Dolphins, even if, let, let's say, Justin Fields is available, for, and he may be, he may be available at number three, if they pull the, if they pull two and now say it didn't work after a year, then I have a problem with how the NFL scouts develops and, their patience when it comes to young quarterback. That would be ridiculous. That, that would a, be ridiculous. They had a report yesterday, too, that came out and said Chan Gailey has been fired by the – he's the offense coordinator for the Dolphins. And then an hour later came back and said, those reports are all false. He has not been fired. He is still with the Dolphins. And I'm like, what is this dysfunction? Like, first off – Was that a Dolphins thing or the reporter well, First off, he's like 70. Like, mm-hmm. he was he was retired for three years. And Brian Flores pulled him out of retirement to come run his – but like – why are you bringing a 70-year-old out of retirement to come call plays for you? I still think Brian Flores should be up for coach of the year. What he's done with that team this year and even last year, I think he should be up for coach of the year. He's definitely up there along with uh, McVay at Buffalo. I mean, not, not, not McVay. McDermott. Uh, McDermott, McDermott at, at uh, Buffalo. And this has been a good year for resurgence of young coaches taking teams. You got you can't ig- ignore the the guy up at uh, Cleveland, Stefanski. Stefanski. Yeah. Um, there's so I mean, much talent know, he, on that roster. No, 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 no exactly. He but inherited, people had written he, no, them he, off last no, year. No, 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 but he, he did. And, and, and I'll give uh, 
Highsmith and the rest of his crew of leaving the cupboards right. not bare. You right. know what I mean? But it still takes talent to manage that group. And, and I think he did a good job. And that was with no OBJ, okay, mm-hmm. for most of the season. So I, I'll give him some credit. But going back to the tour conversation, you know, everybody's looking for is this Marcus Mariota 2.0, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, talented guy, obviously has everything, but will not throw a ball past six yards, you know? incredible completion percentage, right. but it's five yards per, per per toss. You can't have this in, in the league. But I go back to your point. How much of that is the coaching staff, all right, that says, dude, this is what we want from you. No, this is where, you know, this is where you need to be as opposed to allowing the player to just be in his comfort zone and just doing, you know, what's What's comfortable for all of us, you know? When I got in the league, I'm sure like when, when you got in the league, it's great to just want to pin your ear back right. and rush a passer every down, but you can't do it. You won't play, you know? So I don't know how much of that is their philosophy or figuring out, but you're, you're right. You can't give up on the guy. I, I don't think they're that crazy enough to do that uh, because even a kid like a Fields, we assume uh, Trevor Lawrence is gone. There's no way Miami's at, at two, three, four, or five where Fields is going to go. Um, but what's the difference? And I'm not comparing them because they're both black. But what's the difference with Justin Fields and Dwayne Haskins? Um. Okay. Now, full disclosure. Mm-hmm. I watch. <laughs> this is about to get. I hate Ohio State. Okay. So anybody that's playing quarterback. I hated Dwayne Haskins for the record. Mm-hmm. So Fields is back there playing. I'm like, oh, here we go again. And I'm mad because he only played six games, right? So I'm getting caught up in all that, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so this weekend, before uh, the, the playoff game, I said, you know, let me do myself a little service. You know, I'm going to be writing and talking about this. Don't be one of those guys. I always criticize scouts that just phone it in. So I'm like, let me just do a little homework on these guys. I put the tape in. And I'm watching Justin Fields. He can play. But don't... He can play. And, they, they, and I shouldn't the, clump the, them all question, together. There's no comparison. But, but I shouldn't clump them all together. Shame on me. But can't we say that about every quarterback? No, 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 no. Jake Locker, Blake Bortles. No, no, no. In college, this, couldn't we say... This, 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 this kid is more play. Russell Wilson than anybody. You know what I'm saying? He's he's that kind of developmental. That's a, and not because they're both black right. and light-skinned. <laughs> but because when you watch his game, arm strength, talent, being arm talent, being able to move the chains with his feet, so smart. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at Chumba Casino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. But when you watch, I watch five games. There are only seven. Right. <laughs> I mean, I watch the body work for this year. Actually, I watched three plus two from last year. And I'm like, okay, now I see. See, but where this I just feel fit. like we can say that about every quarterback. Now, you watch Demarcus Russell. Mm-hmm. When you <laughs> watched him at LSU. Complete, complete development of guy. It was workout. Yeah, work ethic. Yeah, he got his paycheck and he was done. He no, but I'm saying. When he was at LSU, were you saying to yourself, "This is going to be a great no, pro"? No, I was. Yeah, yeah, but, but he, but but that's but, not fair to Gordy. Gordy doesn't do this for a living. He, mm-hmm. He's a fan. But he, at the at the time, like he could, he 
at the time, the NFL loved, oh, you could throw the deep ball. This guy could throw it 80 yards from the knee. Like, that was the big talk. Now, this day and age in the NFL, it's all about anticipation throws, throwing guys open. Can you make those short to intermediate throws? But more to being fair, those are all the criticisms that people overlook about Jamarcus Russell. You look at the the report, all that was there. But people ignored that because you said, okay, we can develop that. We we, we can throw it long. We can sure as hell teach him how to throw it short. You know, all that was ignored. I don't think it's fair for a kid like Fields that actually has talent, actually has ability to lump him, lump him with players that we just ignored flaws. I say this all the time. Just because Trevor Lawrence, well, Trevor Lawrence is a bad example because by all indication, he is, you know, a transcendent talent. You know that is off the elk of the Elways, the Marinos, the Andrew the, Lux. The Andrew Lux. You know his grade is going to be like ninety nine. You know around there. So that's a transcendent talent. Everybody else though, the thirty two players are going to get picked in April sometime to them move the draft. Mm-hmm. Just because you get picked second doesn't make you the second coming. You know what I'm saying? It, 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 there has to be someone's going to get picked too. Right. Doesn't mean I've seen a bunch of defensive ends get drafted. I'm like, damn, oh, he got drafted fifth overall. That ain't Bruce Smith. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's not Reggie White. It doesn't make you that guy. So I, but but looking at Fields, Fields is a pro. You know, he's truly a pro, and I think he's going to ha- have a chance to make the team better. The problem that he's going to have though is that the teams that are drafting two, three, four, five, six, seven, I don't think they have quarterback needs. So he may fall out of the top 10. Gotcha. 713-212-5790. But coming up next, Aaron Wilson of the Houston Chronicle. We'll catch up with him and see just what those Texans are thinking about their general manager head coach search. You definitely don't want to miss that. In the trenches, only on Sports Talk 790. Hey, it's Craig Ackerman. Listen to the home of the Rockets on your smart speaker. Just ask. Hey, Google, play Sports Talk 790 on iHeartRadio. You're in the trenches on Sports Talk 790. The Rockets. Step back three is good. Astros. Is it goodbye? Home for your home teams. Welcome in, welcome back. Hope you're enjoying your Tuesday. We're definitely enjoying it here in the trenches. If you're from Houston and the surrounding area, thank you for listening and enjoy this beautiful weather. I love it when it's clear, the sun's out, and it's a little chilly where you can put on a second layer and not be sweating your butt off. Uh, real quick before we go to the great Aaron Wilson of the Houston Chronicle, this is big news. Head coach Kevin Stefanski of the Cleveland Browns tested positive for COVID-19, and he will not be on the sideline coaching in the playoff game Sunday against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Load up on the Steelers, minus the points. <laughs> well, well, you know what? I'm going to ask Sean this after we talk to Aaron Wilson. How much of that really affects your team? Because my thought is, if you're a good coach, and you miss one game, you shouldn't feel or see the effects go, of that. Go ask Trevor Lawrence how uh, not having his OC affected him last week. Then that means they didn't prepare him correctly. But one man that prepares correctly all the time, that's why he's one of the best in the biz, Aaron Wilson of the Houston Chronicle. And we are lucky enough to get him here weekly. Aaron, big week as the Houston Texans finish off their regular season. And now the focus is on who's going to be part of the leadership coming in. First of all, Thank you for coming in. And what are you Thank hearing or feeling in regards to the GM slash head coaching search? Right, yeah. 
Trent Kroshner, a very strong candidate, will interview soon, as well as Nick Casario from the New England Patriots. Casario is very interesting, of course, because his connections to Jack Easterby and uh, being a Patriot and their, all their success, the six Super Bowls, everything that they've had, you know, go on with them. And, you know, you got a strong endorsement, uh, as you would imagine, from Brandon Cooks, who played for the Patriots and is now with the Texans. And yeah, they've had a, uh, been a fairly busy here, you know, where they're looking at a lot of guys, including Omar Khan, who has an extensive salary cap background with the Steelers, another very successful franchise. So, you know, they're looking at people from winning organizations, which is what they need to become. And then on the head coaching side, They've requested interviews with Matt Eberfluss, the Colts defense coordinator, Carolina Panthers offense coordinator Joe Brady, and Tennessee Titans offense coordinator Arthur Smith. I expect them to meet with lots of guys virtually and uh, to complete a lot of interviews. Another uh, couple of interviews on the general manager front, Malik Boyd from the Buffalo Bills, who went to Smiley High School here in Houston and played for the Minnesota Vikings and at Southern University. And another one is Scott Cohen, Director of Football Research for the Baltimore Ravens. I know Scott very well. Uh, he's very highly regarded by John Harbaugh, someone that has a lot of extensive advanced scouting reports, self-scouting, has been an assistant general manager. So expect him to interview later in the week. And, yeah, so, yeah, they're putting together uh, a list that's, you know, different from some of the other teams. Uh, they have some guys that you know, there's not a lot of uh, overlap. So they're other than, like, you know, Brady and, and Smith. But, yeah, I think, you know, they have, uh, you know, cast a fairly wide net. And I think it's good that they're talking to guys that are involved a lot in data, like Omar Khan and, you know, working with Kevin Colbert. They've drafted, signed, or negotiated extensions for over 30 Pro Bowl selections during their shared tenure. That's pretty good. Aaron, what's the timetable here? I know we we all know they've said they want to hire a GM before they hire a head coach. My thought is when I see Eric Bieniemy's out there interviewing with the Falcons and you know all these coaching candidates are now you know all all jumping on planes or whatever and interviewing with these other teams. I feel like the Texans you kind of need to start. You need to make a GM hire soon. Would you expect something maybe in say the next forty eight to seventy two hours on a GM, and then that way you can start expediting the the head coaching hire? No, I don't know if it'll happen quite that quickly. That, that'd be a, a little ambitious because there's still guys that haven't even interviewed yet that they want to interview. So that would be cutting off their schedule of interviews to do it that fast in the next couple of days. They haven't even interviewed Nick Casario yet. So yeah, it, it couldn't happen that fast. There's not a rush to, you haven't seen anyone make a hire yet. So you haven't lost any potential candidates that you want to talk to. If the dominoes start falling faster, then they can adapt to it. They can make, you know, some evaluations and adjust. But I mean, the point of the interview isn't just to, you know, get the guy to make a deal. It's to decide if you want the guy. And I, I think that's important because it's a big distinction that they have to get the right guy, the right person. And they got to have a feeling. It's hard. You're doing this, you know, over a video call and you're not doing a second interview. You know, he's not seeing the facility or the city or, you know, meeting with you face-to-face, uh, you know, with masks on and distance and all that stuff that would happen. But, yeah, I think look for this to be, you know, maybe next week, I think at best, for general manager, you know, and then after they've narrowed it down and talked to enough people, they haven't really done enough interviews at all uh, for, you know, when there's this many vacancies. I know it's competitive, but, 
yeah, and, and I'm sure it's a fair amount of anxiety for the fan base that is very excited and hearing all these names and wondering, well, who's it going to be? But, yeah, they've got to get it right. And I think that means next week, maybe even two weeks, and then who knows what the head coach, that could be, you know, something that could take the entire month. They don't play a game till September. You know, you get free agency in the combine some ways away. I, I don't think they're in a rush. Let me ask you a question. Who are the they? Who are the they that are helping with this whole process? The they is is a small group. It's Cal McNair. It's Jamie Roots, the team president. It's Corn Ferry executive, Jed Hughes. And they do consult with Jack Easterby, the interim general manager, when he has you know, a lot of knowledge about uh, particular candidates. So that's something that Cal McNair has already stated and that it holds true. So, so you're picking a GM slash a head coach, and I, I haven't heard a football person in, in, in any other description of anyone you just told me about, and that's kind of scary to me. Um, I, and when you're trying to quote unquote get it right, and, and I, I understand the exposure that they have to the Fritz Pollard Alliance and so on and so forth. That's just one side of the ledger, though. I, I'm just wondering what the process really is, and how are you interviewing quote unquote head coaches? without even understanding what the philosophy or what your makeup or what your overall uh, marching orders are going to be from your GM. It, it, it almost seems like what they're trying to avoid is what they've created, the indecision and confusion. I don't necessarily look at it that way. I mean, the process has just started. They only finished the season on Sunday. It's, I understand that people want, things to happen faster. No, 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 they, I mean, just because they don't tell all of us, I mean, as you, as you know, like, they're not telling us every single thing. I mean, we're getting, you know, the, who they're interviewing and, mm -hmm. you know, you have some sense of who they like. But to me to sit here, I'm not saying that I know for a fact it'll happen on this day and that day and they'll have this person and it's going to be this way, this way. I think it's all flexible. It's a moving, you know, process. It's fluid because you got to see not only who do you want, do they want you back? You know, or do they have another option? Can they get another job? And I, you know, I think they're real early in the process, but it, it's been pretty organized from what I'm hearing from, not just from them, but more so the outside candidates and from people with other teams, including people that aren't interviewing, like, you know, for example, head coaches from teams that aren't interviewing and have staff that are inter uh, general managers. So I haven't heard anything like, oh, this is, you know, messy. This is a, a problem. It seems like it's been a fairly normal process so far. You know, might it unravel? I guess that's obviously possible, but I couldn't predict it. And who knows if we would even, you know, know that or if it would be one person's perception. But, yeah, I'm, I'm not arguing. I'm just saying I don't know if we can make that conclusion right now. Great stuff, as always. I can't wait till... Okay, before we let you go, we're up against it. Do you think this time next week when we get you, Aaron, we'll actually have somebody in position, in one of those positions? Not a shot. General manager, possibly. Okay. Uh, even that is a tight timetable because there's guys that aren't even interviewing until the weekend. 
So for you to pick someone off of one interview off the Zoom and say that it's done and not fly the guy in or, you know, maybe have a second interview or talk with some other candidates if you're not saying what you like, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that I would want to talk to someone more than just on a two-and-a-half-hour, three-hour Zoom and say, okay, that's it, I'm done, right, that's the guy. Yeah. I mean, you, you may not be a fit at all if you do that. I think you should. they should have a meeting. And you can have meetings. You can have a distance meeting. That's according to the rules. You could fly the guy in. He can wear a mask. You can meet in a hotel boardroom or on the tarmac or however you want to do it. Or he could be at the facility and be distance. There's a lot of things you can do. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I understand everybody wants it done. And, of course, I mean, I'm tracking this, so you can imagine I'm pretty immersed in it all day, you know, from like 7 to 11 at night or midnight sometimes. So, yeah, it would be great if it's done. But that's not how the process works. Um, the last coaching search I did was 2008 with John Harbaugh. Mm. And for 18 days, I was at the uh, Ravens building in the, in the suburbs there and watching candidates come in, meeting some of the candidates like Jason Garrett and John Harbaugh, and, you know, just like a blow-by-blow blow of the the process. And now it's, this is totally different. This is unprecedented. It's never happened before. This is a virtual hiring cycle. So for me to say I know how it's going to go, I would be absolutely lying because I do not know how this will turn out. But hopefully, yeah, next week will be great. That'd be fast. Great stuff as always, and we appreciate you because, like you said, you are immersed in it. So all the information you give us, you are definitely following it closer than anybody out there. And we do look forward to speaking with you next week. Thanks a lot, Aaron. Thanks, guys. All right, that's Aaron Wilson of The Chronicle. Quick timeout. We'll get back to it. Sean doesn't seem too happy about the way things are going. We'll see what's really ticking him off, and we'll talk <laughs> about that and much more in the trenches, only on Sports Talk 790. This is In the Trenches on Sports Talk 790. <laughs> Welcome in, welcome back. Big shout out to Aaron Wilson of the Houston Chronicle for joining us and letting us see a little bit about what he is seeing as he's covering this search for the Texans. My quick two cents. Ooh, write that down. My quick two cents? Yes, that should be the name of the segment. My quick two cents? Or should I just say my two cents? We could do like a weekly podcast. and yeah, my, my quick two cents my with Andy. My quick ND. two cents. Not my long two cents. Not my... Just my quick just two my cents. Just my quick two cents. Got it. They're, it feels like they're making this tougher than it needs to be. Here's the thing. There's no name out there. similar to drafting a quarterback. There's no name out there that you can say without a doubt is going to be a perfect general manager, a perfect head coach. As much as I want to see Eric Bieniemy for multiple reasons, succeed. If they hire him, he may fall flat on his face, and he may be a disaster. As much as I want to see uh, Lewis Riddick or Alonzo Heisman be a general manager, he may fall flat on his face. We just don't know. So let's not act like we know the the answer uh, to the conundrum of who should be the general manager slash head coach. My only issue, and I know this is a good family. I've had I, I played for them for three years. I've been involved with what they do. I just feel like they're making it tougher than it needs to be. Let's go back to the old hierarchy of general manager head coach, coordinators, you know, scouts, whatever you want to call it, however you want to put it. But the general manager is the buffer between the owner and the head coach. Hire the general manager and be like, you know what? It's on you. It's on like, you, they yeah. just back up. Like, not taking the easy way out, but 
find who you think the general manager, it, whether it's, it's Sean it's, Jones or Alonzo Heisman, say, you know what, Sean? I think I think it's not the gonna... easy way out. It's my job description. Right. That, that's what I'm saying. But I'm saying an uh, easy way out for the owner with yeah, all this. I mean, it, that's why to, I just said to the guest that we just had. Aaron I mean, Wilson. Aaron, I, I'm, he's saying that's it's not normal. Trust me. I mean, I've, been, I've been around football for what, almost 40 years now. Professional football since 1984. Mm-hmm. At every level. I've been an agent. I've been in the front office. I've scouted. You know, I, I've done contracts, both coaches and players. I've seen it. This is not normal from the standpoint. If you want to just cast a wide net, that's fine. But what's our philosophy going in? I always talk to people about the damn room. That's the room is so important because anyone can pick players, but if the players don't fit what we do, then you've got the wrong players in the room. Anyone can pick, but if the wrong people are picking, you have the wrong people in the damn room so that's my whole point are we going for the gm and letting them do his job and hire the coaches so i can judge a gm if you hire a coach and then hire Mr. gm and he screws up not my not on my that ain't on me you right. guys hired him you know i get to get you know get away from it if you hire the coach now you could have another philosophy saying i'm gonna hire the coach and i'm gonna go to the coach and say who do you work with who do you think you could have a strong relationship blah 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 kind of like a la um lynch and and um, oh, I was San Francisco Shanahan. and Shanahan. Shanahan. Mm-hmm. They've known each other from when the son played for the father. Okay, I mean when Lynch That's played for right. the daddy. Right. All right, so they've had a relationship. Who's your guy? If you if you get the head coach, John Lynch. Okay, let's talk to John Lynch and see what we feel. Okay, you all can work together. Boom, both of you guys have a five year deal. But I'll but say it's this. not one or the other. I don't even like that. Now if it's, it's okay, working. If that's what you want to do, right. then you stand. But the reason it. I don't like that now, can John Lynch fire Shanahan? Like I don't know. No, where they both he... go together. I mean, you, they both they have to get fired the same day. See, I like, and I'm not even saying that my way is right. I like when the general manager hires the head I coach. Agree. Period. I mean, and I, 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 that, I'm old school. That's what I'm used to. But right. I've also seen, like you said, it's working in San Francisco. If you're a tandem, it's like, listen, you have to have that door where. I I've been I've been in situations where the head coach hates the GM, just hates him. And it's like, dude, I can't coach this guy. Why is he on this roster? Ugh. I mean, you don't want that kind of you know you I don't want that, that 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 kind of discord in your house, so to speak. You want those guys to get together. I should be able to walk over to my GM and say, hey man, I need a punter. We got you. You know, I need that because at the end of the day, coaches like what. What they can coach. They're the worst personnel people in the freaking world. They're the worst people to handle personnel because Michael Jordan is good is not an evaluation. <laughs> it's just not. You know? But that's what they want, right? I want five Michael Jordans. Real quick, just uh, some comparison with the other franchises in town. I know it's different because NFL is its own beast. But the Rockets hired Rafael Stone, their GM, on October 15th. Two weeks later, they announced Steven Silas was their head coach on October 28th. The Astros did it backwards. They announced Dusty Baker would be their new manager on January 29th. A few days later, on February 3rd, they announced James Click was the new GM. All I'm saying is it, you know, sometimes it doesn't need to go both ways. I, I just, the biggest point I just kept making was, when was Bill O'Brien fired? After week four. Week four? You've had all this time to sit around 
engage. You, you know, you, it, it's not the well, official well, on the record interview, but you can at least gauge. Interest. I was going to say, in you their, leak it out to the agents. Hey, would this guy be interested? In their defense, they just are now allowed to interview people that yeah, are on current, officially. Uh, officially, on don't act like those conversations don't really happen behind uh, closed. Okay, doors. but what I'll say is, don't act like they haven't had those conversations behind closed doors. Yeah, it, you know, emphasis on behind closed doors. If if they're secretly talking, for all we know, and Sean, you've been in these rooms, so you can tell me if I'm wrong. You can tell me if I'm on something or on to something. For all we know, they might even know who they're going to hire, but they can't say it right now. Uh, well, that season's over. They could hire whoever the hell they want to hire. No, but they could already know it. Like, let, let's just say I'm just using this as an example because most of our listeners have heard this name. Let's just say when they fired Bill O'Brien, uh, Cal McNair happened to have Eric Bieniemy's uh, agent on the phone and said, "Hey, we know y'all are going to make a long playoff run. We want you here." Eric Bieniemy's like, "You know what? I think I'm going to go ahead and do it." So all that can be, oh yeah, of course, could have gone behind closed doors, but they have to act like they're still looking and searching. Or and Eric Bieniemy said, "Let me know who you're hiring GM first before I even consider." Right. You. I'm just saying, just because we haven't heard specifically until now. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Who they're bringing in for interviews. I'm sure they've I, had some conversations. No, and don't get me wrong. I don't think the process needs to be rushed. Mm -hmm. I think this, you know, we all live here in Houston. And, and all joking aside, we, we, we get on the Texans a lot and so on and so forth. But damn, this is our team. You know, this means something to us. It means something to me as a fan because I want bragging rights. I, I want the Texans to get this right. I want the Texans to win the damn Super Bowl. I played here for six years. And I know that winning a Super Bowl here in the city of Houston will be like no other place in the world. Oh, I want this place to win a damn Super Bowl. So when they're up against it right now, I want them to get it right. And so that's th those are my only comments. I, I want them to get it right, and I want the process to be right. I could care if the coach is black, white, green, or orange. I want them to get a great coach. I could care if the GM is purple, orange, or indigo. I want them to get the right guy that is going to help build this franchise, undo the mess that was created with the other dude they had in there, Okay, because he put this franchise back at least three to five years and then give them the time to do it. But at the same time, win the damn division next year. That's that's a timetable. Right. There's no excuses. It's not like, oh, well, we got three years to build this thing. Right. No, win the damn division it next a, year. It is a big decision, but it's also it's not rocket science. It's like right. they're making it a lot more difficult. There's got to be a little bit of urgency here. And again, because. You got competition. Like if that, Eric Bieniemy is the guy and you love him and you're impressed with him, what makes you think he wants to be here? The Chargers are knocking on his door. The Falcons are knocking on his door. Like so, the, while you sit on your hands, and, well, maybe next Saturday we'll interview the next GM candidate, brother. All your options are going to be limited. You're going to be down once you hire a GM. There's going to be like three head coaching candidates available. You go, well, they weren't our top pick, but I guess we'll go with that guy. And I'm going to say this: we got no way to get break. Break. Anybody named Easterby should not be involved in any of this. Quick time. It should be far away from this. Quick time out <laughs> if you want to jump in. 713-212-5790. Brian Reginald, we see you. You're up next in the trenches only on Sports Talk 790.
You're in the trenches. Stand up, get your hands up. With ND Kalu. Third and goal. Shot. Touchdown. Garrett Graham all alone. He slipped free. Oh, the good old days when Matt Schaub was leading this team to six victories. <laughs> to six victories? No, let's give him credit. When I played with him, he had a nice two, three-year run. But Matt Schaub is calling it a career after 17 years. And he has a Super Bowl run. In the NFL and has a Super Bowl. Does he? Yeah. With who? I don't know. No, you're thinking no, of Carr. He, he Carr. got to the Super Bowl with the Falcons. But I think you're thinking remember, of Carr. They lost. Oh, he did? Okay. Carr has I a know, Super I Bowl. Got, it must have been the fact that they were up 21 points. Yeah, yeah that was yeah, yeah. I thought he won one. Yeah, that's so 28 what it is. 28-3? 28 to 3. <laughs> to three right. They were up. Then Tom Brady was Tom Brady after that. So, congratulations on a great career. I'm is telling you. the last you, good player out of Virginia? Uh, UVA. The last good Virginia quarterback you could name. What? No, but the Long Brothers, are they from Well, UVA? I meant quarterbacks. quarterbacks. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's another, there, there was another quarterback out of Virginia, though. Nah, the fact that neither one of us can remember his name, I think Chris <laughs> I think is right. It was Aaron, Aaron Brooks, but he was in the 90s. Aaron Brooks. He was that's before Shaw, right? I wasn't crazy. Was yeah, Aaron he was Brooks. before Shaw. Isn't he from the same town as Michael Vick? Yeah, yeah they're, they're cousins. The same town. Yeah, that's like a small yeah. area, but they, they Iverson, Brooks, all of them, Vick, they're all, they're all from the... It's kind of like that little area, Goose, Goose Creek, South Carolina, where mm -hmm. like everybody's related. The mm -hmm. pre-lows, the... the uh, um, uh, the Browns and there's another family. They're all they're all Courtney Brown, Pearson Priel, all those guys came out of that area. They're all on um, the Kinlaws. They're all related in some New, way. Newport Newport News. Newport yeah. News, yeah. They they have some not where the Kinlaws are from, but where <laughs> <laughs> Right. Now when you say they're related, they're not no incense. <laughs> not incense, but incest. Incest is yeah. what yeah, they weren't smoking real, anything. Real quick, Vic, two time <laughs> Pro Bowler, one time Pro Bowl MVP. And one-time passing yards leader. Mm. I actually thought it would have been more. Skin, skins on the wall aren't that great. But he was. I mean, like, oh, no, when Michael you Vick had. could have changed the game. No, no, I'm talking about Schaub. Oh, I thought oh, you said Vic. Vic. No, sorry. Schaub, um, two-time Pro Bowler, one-time Pro Bowl MVP, one-time passing yards leader. When him, Andre, Arian, and the Bulls on parade defense, like that. Owen Daniels. Yeah, I mean, uh, James Casey backing him up. But, like, that. Those were it's it's sad to say, but like that was the glory years of the Texans. Well, they actually went twelve and four. Yeah. Who, who's the GM coach then? Who was the GM and the coach then? Rick Smith, Gary Kubiak. Huh. Huh. It's just Rick Smith's been Rick Smith available. Like he's the worst GM he's available. in the history of general managers. What either Atlanta? I was reading yesterday. He's he's high on someone's list. Rick Smith is high. on Atlanta someone's likes list. him a lot. Yeah. Yes. So we'll we'll see how that plays out, but yeah, he he's they've drug his name through the mud here in Houston, and I'm like, man, what are y'all seeing? I'm not saying he's I'm not saying he's uh, Ozzy Newsom or Jerry Reese, but there's some nice picks that he's made and some nice signings that he's made. What did you say earlier? Take who in the points? Steelers. They're only five point favorites. Take the Steelers in the points. Wait, what am I missing? <laughs> be careful who you bet on. I'm talking about Rick Smith. Be oh, careful you better. Something's on. going over my head. <laughs> Take the Steelers on the points. Brendan, do you get this? I feel no. like I'm the only one who doesn't That's get so this. Good. Chris is over here laughing. <laughs> Sean's looking at me like, dumbass, you don't get it? Take, 
Okay, hold on. Let me break this down. <laughs> no, because, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, I'm just saying we're talking Rick Smith. I'm trying to give him credit, oh. but you're saying take Steelers and the points as if you're like. Oh no, uh, Chris was just mentioning. This. I was just I was on the app and I was about to put my bet in. So he just reminded me take the Steelers and the points. <laughs> it's over your head too, right? As long as it's over your head. Yeah, no, it's it's over my head. Are we talking hoes? <laughs> what the hell? I think it. Just go to Come the on, calls. please. Are we talking Rick Smith? No, we We're talking about Steelers and the points. We moved on. They're doing other stuff while while you're talking about Rick Smith. This, when I can't figure something out, it bothers you know, me. That, 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 that's 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 nothing, that's you. My son's got a little bit of that too. <laughs> who who? Was he banging a Steeler chill? Oh my god. <laughs> I hope not. Uh, or hope so. Have you seen? Well, nah. Do they even have cheerleaders? Some teams don't have. I don't know what baseball player. Baseball teams do too. Diamond Dolls. No, they don't have cheerleaders. They do. Baseball teams. Yes, they do. Have do the football teams had them this year though? I don't think no, they're, they're, they're virtual cheerleaders. I saw a game where they were throwing up the pom poms virtually. Yeah. Oh, they say you're gonna put, you're gonna earn this check. <laughs> earn that this hundred dollars. Yeah, the eighty dollars they pay them <laughs> a season or whatever. Would cheerleading work in the NBA? Would chilling work in the NBA? It, it does. They have cheerleaders in the NBA. No, they have dance team. Oh. No, because there's first of all, there's not. Is there a difference? Room. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's the same damn thing. Oh, don't tell cheerleader that. They'll I, fight you. Yeah, they come on. Brian, what's up, Brian? Oh, jeez, you got to be ready. What's going on, Andy? What's happening? Hey. This is Sand the Wigger from the IRS. I need your social security number. Sand the Wigger. <laughs> that was real close to being inappropriate hey. even for our show. <laughs> but I guess that's my fault. Hey, Andy, man. You know, hey, has anybody ever stopped to think about what Deshaun <laughs> has actually accomplished this year? You know, I actually had to Google it last night because I wanted to make sure I wasn't talking out my rear end. But this guy actually led the NFL in yards passing this year. And with, after losing his head coach after the first four, losing all his favorite targets. And this guy still manages to figure out a way to lead the NFL in total yard. Is that, to me, that's a tremendous, you know, just incredible accomplishment. Am I freaking crazy or what? No, I brought it up yesterday. Now, Chris Gordy kind of shot down my credit that I was giving to Deshaun Watson for leading the team in passing yards, leading the league in passing yards. And I get it. That's It's not the end-all, be-all, but I'm still of the belief if you lead the NFL in passing yards, you're doing something right. And for him to lead the league in passing yards, his touchdown interception ratio was where it was, and the team went 4-12, and you can say one or two things. That shows how great of a player that he is, that he's on such a bad team, but he's still able to put up those individual uh, accomplishments. Or you can just say ah, they're at the at the end of the games, they're playing from behind, so he's getting a bunch of garbage yards. I, I, I think with what he did this year, if he was on a team that was contending to be in the playoffs, not even a, a contender as far as the Super Bowl, he would be in the MVP talk, and it's a shame that he had the season he had this year and all we're talking about who's going to be the new head coach general manager because throw the stats away even this last game against the Tennessee Titans I'm watching the game with my family and there was one play where he avoided a sack and he threw a cross body he was rolling to his left and the receiver saw what was going on and cut at a very slight angle to his right 
And while he was running, he had to throw a little bit of crossbody when they say don't do that. He was thrown against the direction his momentum and his legs were taking him, and, and he put the ball right where it needed to be. And I thought to myself, man, <laughs> what the dude is doing is still amazing, and he's just not going to get the credit for it. Yeah, Go ahead. yeah, the passing yard thing is not as – it's not as big a deal to be. But, but to be number one yeah, in the NFL. James Swinson was number one last year. It's a James oh, yeah. was. It's a function of getting opportunities to throw the ball. And because mm-hmm. they sucked, he's going to get an opportunity to throw the ball. So I, I, I don't look at it. But unlike James Winston, the other argument is that he had efficiency. He, I think this was his highest year in terms of completion, um, quarterback rating, so on and so forth. That's more important to me than the actual yards. And so he's on the proper trajectory to continue to develop as a young quarterback. He's still a very young quarterback. And that's all you can hope for. That gives you a chance to be a championship team because it's a quarterback-driven league. Speaking of quarterbacks, I'll tell you why the Philadelphia Eagles are actually in a great position at that position. We'll talk about that and much more. Reginald, we see you there in the trenches, only on Sports Talk 790. In the trenches continues. I'm going to be an NFL football player. Sports Talk 790, home for your home teams. Welcome in, welcome back in the trenches. Three-man roundtable, Sean Jones in the heezy. Until 12 noon as we're talking all things sports with a special emphasis on the number one sport in the history of sports. Before we go to Reginald, who's been patiently waiting, I just saw that Boston versus Holy Cross college basketball, the players will be wearing masks on the court. I know this is probably going to be an unpopular opinion, my thought is, if you feel like, because I've worked out this morning, I had a mask on, and when the owner of the gym, shout out to Charles Anderson, snap, wasn't looking, I kind of put my mask down <laughs> under my nose. It's hard to do cardio with a mask. If you feel like you could, the only way to play a basketball game is to wear a mask, then don't play the game. I'm okay with just saying we're not going to play the game because. One is tough, but I'm not saying you don't do something because it's tough. That's part of the wussification of America. I just feel like if if you truly feel that we're not ready to play games without a mask, then just cancel the game or postpone the season. Stop. Right. Well, shout out to BU. My daughter's actually a BU cheerleader. Nice. But they're not letting him cheer for the games because of COVID. So she's hot. Right. She's mad. All right. But listen. We know that as football players, all you punks that when it's cold weather, y'all wear that thing over your face right. and nose anyhow, and you play with it. What's the difference? Guys do that all the time now anyhow. It's just because we're like, mandate a mask now. It's like, oh, we can't play with a mask. Guys always play when it's cold weather with that thing over their face. But you know, you know what the difference is? What is it? When they feel like they can't breathe, you know what they can do? They pull it down. Pull it down. You and can't you still do, do that. that. Huh? You can still do that between ha- between the play. You pull it down, put it back up. We're just making we, you we make such right. a big deal over nothing. Right. It's a non-discussion. But on the flip side, if the, uh, my question would be, how often are they testing? If they're testing them every day and they just tested yesterday and they tested today and they're negative, they're negative. Then you're just doing it for visibility purposes. No, that's not true. Then how does Kevin Stefanski? They've had almost six hundred thousand tests during the season, and he still tests. Positive. He clearly did something. He went to a gas station or what, you know, I mean, you, like, not saying you can, like, not everybody's going to make themselves 100%. I'm staying inside. I'm coming straight to practice. I'm going straight home. Not everybody's not? doing that. Why not? I mean, but my whole point is that at this stage of the game, you are in the playoffs. You create 
you create your own damn bubble. Your right. wife sl- slides a meal onto the door. You know, you little little Junie, your daughter, the you all just talk by 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 face FaceTime. You just you you have to make that sacrifice. You don't put yourself in that position. And damn it, if you're at the strip club, put on the damn mask. On, on that note, the NBA just announced uh, last night. The NBA has informed its 30 teams <laughs> of updated rules. Starting Tuesday, all active players who are dressed to play must wear a face mask until they enter the game. So you come out for pregame warm-ups, you're wearing that mask. All players, coaches, and staffers must wear a mask when outside team setting and indoors. After exiting the court, active players are strongly recommended to put their mask on in the bench area. The requirement resets at halftime. You must wear your mask at the start of the second half until you enter the game. Inactive players will be required to wear that mask for the entire game. Reginald, what's up, Reggie Reg? Man, 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 what a world we live in. Hey, Sean, happy New Year, too. Thank you, sir. And this uh, this question is for you and Andy and Gordy as well. Man, nationally, they're saying that Josh, uh, the guy in New England, is the front runner for the McNairs. And please tell me that's not the truth. And that the uh, guy that's under the head coach over there is also the head candidate for the GM position. And please tell me that's not so because if, like all the callers say weekly, you're not doing anything for your fan base when you keep reaching back and retreading that New England Patriots theme. And, Sean, this question is for you. Once they get rid of everyone, do they also do the same with the scouting department? Because this team, this organization is going to need a scouting department that works their rear end off because they have no draft choices of high caliber. And it hurt me so bad to see that they would have had the number three pick in this draft if it wasn't for O'Brien and his great idea. And, uh, Andy, this for you. Hey, man, if you were... Uh, the enemy, you from California, you got a good quarterback, you got a receiver and a young defensive pass rush. What job would you take? And it would be no brainer to me to go back home where I'm from and be with the Chargers. And I just hang up and listen. I appreciate it. You want to go first? Uh, yeah, I, I can do that. Um, no, you don't. First of all, you're in the midst of uh, the the college scouting season and the draft and free agency. You can't just jettison everybody when you come in the building. And you really need to find out what you have in terms of talent. Luckily for the Texans, they've got good talent in the personnel department. You just had a head coach slash GM. You had a head coach slash GM that wouldn't listen to anybody. And then his assistant or whoever's above him had no acumen in terms of personnel, Jack Easterby. So he didn't know what to listen to. So I don't think you go in there and you get rid of everybody. there. I think they've got a solid staff. You have, of course, you got to go in there and pick and choose who you want to because you got to bring your own people if you need to. But none of that happens until after the draft. And I agree with your answer to the question that you asked me. So we're on the same page there, Reginald. Adrian, what's up, Adrian? What's up, Andy, man? Um, real quick, Andy, um, I don't know if you remember me, but I called last week about North Shore Ridgemont, man. I just want to apologize for my Um Jerk. <laughs> but, uh, hey, real, real quick, I'm at the gym right now. Uh-huh. And, Sean, I have to, as, as much as I love your commentary, Sean, I love you being on the show, I have to strongly disagree with what you just said about wearing masks um, and, and actually playing. So, Indy, correct me if I'm wrong. Were you, were you talking about basketball players wearing masks while playing a game? Yeah, they're saying players for Boston University and Holy Cross will be wearing masks when they take the court. That's dumb. Okay, Indy, I mean, Sean, 
come on, you cannot compare playing outdoors in a football game to playing indoors in a basketball game in cold weather versus room temperature. You can't make that comparison. It's not the same. You're being indoors and you're running up and down a court versus being on a football field, icy weather, and it's just no comparison to me. And bottom line is it's impossible to be breathing and running full speed and having a good game by wearing a mask. I just think that's inappropriate, and it's going to actually be a detriment versus actually helping out the kids. So I just want to hear y'all thoughts on that. I mean, that's part of the reason why I did not like it. And when I took my stance, I was, you know, it wasn't to me. I didn't think they were being dumb, overly cautious. I just felt like if you felt like you needed to wear a mask to play a basketball game, I'd rather them just cancel the game or postpone the game. Okay, I I sit on two sides of it. One, you can play with a mask on. I I think we're making much to do about nothing. But to Indy's point, why do it? If it's that serious, okay, and and, and, and it's changing the way you play that much, and you're doing all this testing, you know, you're testing three, four, five times a day, and you still need to wear a mask when you play, then we're not doing something right. You know what I mean? If you're doing all this testing and all, all this social distancing and all this kids in a bubble and blah, 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 the kids in college now... I've got two kids in college right now, two kids, and everything is distance learning. Everything. My daughter's. A, I have a daughter that's doing a co-op. A co-op is where you work half of the year. Right. They're doing co-ops by distance learning. All right. So if we really feel this strong about what is going on in societally, what's going on, then let's make those adjustments. But it doesn't make any sense, even though I believe you can do it. It's not that big a deal, you know. But if you're going to play a basketball game and you're coming out with the same guys that you've been with. They've all tested. Before the game, they tested negative. The other team, they all tested negative. What are we saying about the transmission of the, the, the this disease if you can test negative an hour before the game and during the game, somehow you catch the disease again? To your point, if that, if that's a possibility, then damn it, we shouldn't be playing. Right. We just shouldn't. Like it's not worth it. It's not an anti-mask stance. It's if it's that serious. No, it's, a, it's an IQ test. <laughs> right. <laughs> then let's not. But speaking of tests, and you brought up college. Did you know this? This flew under the radar, maybe because it's such a small segment of students. This affects. Did you know this year, because of the pandemic, high school athletes don't have to take the SAT. They yeah, can just no, get admitted. No, no, no. Everybody's like it's been like. Like runaway slaves. Everybody's like, like free slaves. My, my son who's a sophomore was like, man, I hope we have COVID when I'm a senior. I'm like, really? You lazy I, You know, it's funny. I, I, I help some kids, and I just, I thought you just overheard me. I'm like talking to uh, NYU for a student mm-hmm. after the show. And he the same thing you just said. I'm like, where your AC? I have no paper. Where your ACT? Where your SAT? Oh, God, I, I didn't take any SATs. And they don't need We'd to. We'd have to take them. Then I have to. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Taking the test. Well, that's the one shining But it's, I think it's harder to get in, though. Oh, they, they're now you really got to rely on all this other stuff. Okay. He, he brought something up that you, Chris, brought up yesterday off air. 
And I thought you, when, when Reginald brought up the fact that he hates how the Texans will not have the number three pick because they traded away for Larry Tunsil. Yeah. When you, what, what was your question? It was one where I was like, oh, man, I just I pose, you, you know, Larry, look, Larry Tunsil's great. He's one of the best offensive tackles in the game. And it's hard to envision how Deshaun would have performed this year if you didn't have that left tackle short up. So I get all that. But the argument could be made when you made that trade to get Laramie Tunsil, it was with the sta- with the understanding that, well, man, we're, we're a playoff team anyway. Those draft picks aren't going to mean anything. And remember, last year was, was in the 20s. Um, they ended up, Miami actually ended up trading, that, trading back with Green Bay, and Green Bay used that pick on uh, uh, Jordan Love, the quarterback. But this year, it being a third overall pick, you could have taken your franchise. Uh, who's the guy out of Oregon? Panay Sewell, the, who's thought to be the best offensive lineman in this draft. Like You could have taken him and had him under cheap contract for the next five years as your franchise left tackle. Just the point being, like in hindsight, looking back at the trade, I know a lot of people say, oh, I'll make that trade every day till Sunday. Absolutely, I'll make, make that trade over again because you got Larry Tunsil. But we didn't think it was going to be the number three pick in the damn draft. That's a top five pick you own it. You had and you don't own anymore? That sucks. I think that's a great question, a great thought. My only rebuttal would be, okay, envision this team without Laramie Tunsil. I get it. What's the number one need? Offensive tackle. Counter, counter. with Laramie Tunsil, you won four games. So, No, but what I'm saying, but what I'm saying, that too, even the kid out of Oregon who's supposed to be the first uh, offensive tackle taken off the board, we don't know how good he's going to be. Laramie Tunsil is a very good Laramie Tunsil is better than the third pick in the draft. Exactly. Ten years from now, when when Panay Sewell is a franchise left Ten years from now, we may still be wearing full face masks. (laughs) We we don't know what the hell's going to happen. Right, but for the next five years, I think Laramie Tunsil is going to be. I think we were okay with the trade at the time because our thought was, well, Texans are playoff team every year. That's going to be in the 20s. But the fact they turned into be the number three pick this year, and because your second round pick, which is pick thirty, going to be thirty five or whatever. That's basically a first round pick too. So like, right. that's what stings the most. Quick yeah. timeout, Larry. We see you parked there in the trenches, only on Sports Talk seven ninety. Back to in the trenches. Welcome back. Ah <laughs> oh, man, see now, wasn't it worth the wait? It was. Get back in the trenches on Sports Talk 790. Welcome in. Welcome back. Time sure does fly when you're having fun. Real quick, as we see uh, Waddle from Alabama, wide receiver, has a chance to play. And as we're getting ready for the upcoming draft, doing our draft uh, studying and research and talking to different coaches, I'm reminded, get this, for all the Houston area folks, Episcopal High School right here in Houston have three guys that are going to go in the top 60 picks this upcoming NFL draft, and they all play together. That, that's that's huge. When, when you talk about less than 1% of high school football, less than 1% actually make it to the NFL. Less than 7% play Division One football, and you have three guys that were on the field at Episcopal High School that are supposed to be taken in the top two rounds in this draft alone. Wow, what are they doing over there at Episcopal? But I'll tell you what they're doing here in Houston. They're losing games, and some will say they're squandering opportunities for great players like a J.J. Watt and Deshaun Watson. 
NFL Films picked up this audio after the game when Tennessee beat the Houston Texans of J.J. Watt actually apologizing to Deshaun Watson. Good job, brother. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We, we wasted one of your years. I'm sorry. You should have that's strong. He said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We wasted one of your years. You should have at least 11 wins this season. Let me start with you, Sean, because, you know, as far as stats, you're right up there with the J.J. Watt. And I never bought into we're playing as players for other players, for the great players on the roster. That seemed very genuine. It seemed like it came from the heart. He didn't know the camera was there, I'm assuming. So it's not like you can accuse him for pandering to the fans, but what was your thought when you heard that audio? Your, your face is saying First it all. of all, J.J. Watt knows where every camera is. That's the first thing, all right? So I don't put it past J.J. Watt all. Now, now, if he's being honest and that's how he feels about, you know, letting his teammate down, yeah, he should, he should take, he should take, uh, you know, he should take responsibility for that because they were part of the most dismal defense I've ever seen. I mean, the busted plays, the bust assignment, the jumping around blocks. You're in cover two and you don't play cover two principles. I mean, just silly things. I mean, just how they lost the game. I mean, you're in the – and it's funny thing. Last week we were talking about – I said it's a simple defense. Remember I said that? Mm -hmm. I said you're put in situations just to play simple plays, right, right? right? I mean, that is the defense you're supposed to be in. You're not supposed to be vacating the middle of the field. And I mean, that's the defense prevents you from doing that, and you do it anyhow. So I, I understand him making the comments that he made, but to your point, I remember going to the Super Bowl. Everybody was like, what does it feel like? Winning this one for Reggie White. I'm like, what? Yeah. Y'all kick rocks. I ain't trying to win no damn Super Bowl for Reggie White. I'm trying to win a damn Super Bowl for me. I mean, the hell, I've been in the league 13 years too. And there isn't you know? anything wrong with I, that. Not at all. So, nothing against Reggie, but I'm playing for me and I want in mine. And I, I honestly, I felt more of an affinity to the guys that I played with in Houston mm -hmm. those six years, where at least four of those years, we should have been in Super Bowls. I felt bad for those guys. So, in a lot of ways, if I was playing for anybody, I know that a lot of my teammates, they were so supportive and they wanted me to win one, uh, you know, just because they didn't get a chance to win. one. So I felt some right. kind of way for them, but I wasn't trying to win no damn Super Bowl for Reggie. In fact, I'm still pissed about the, the three sacks in the Super Bowl when he jumped on the we, the sorriest guy on the line. I'm like, Reggie, Reggie, let me get a chance. No, I got him. I'm like, Reggie, what you dude, you got two already. Let me get on him. No, Sean, you stay right out there. I got this. I mean... That's exactly how he sounded. <laughs> he sounded like it hurt him to talk. Like, what, is that from him being a pastor? or I don't know where it's or, from, but it, it was definitely genuine. And, yes. that, uh, you know, but, ooh, I could still strangle him. My, my thought, though, is can you go, can you go back, to, back to 2013? Did J.J. say this to Case Keenum when they lost 14 in a row and Case was throwing touchdowns to Andre Johnson? <laughs> we're like, oh, the offense actually looks good. Right. But the they were camera wasn't games. there. Did he go up to Case Keenum and go, <laughs> Case, I'm sorry you uh, wasted. We wasted one of your years, man. Without knowing, I'm gonna say no. He did not. Yeah, Larry, what's up, Larry? Hey, what's going on, fellas? Uh, Sean, happy New Year to you, to you, man. And say to you, man. You guys too, man. Hey, I'm gonna get to you and Sean and Aaron Wilson at the end of this call, but I'm, I'm, I want to talk about what y'all were talking about with uh, Larry Tonsil. Hold on, hold on. Let me stop you. Hold on, yeah. real quick. Isn't it yeah. funny? And Brendan, you'll probably appreciate this. 
Larry does a better job setting up his call like we, than we do setting up the show. Like saying at the end of the call, I'm gonna get to this. Like Larry he even just teases it, right? Larry, just so you know, they've been trying to get me to do that for ten years, and I still haven't learned it. So, all right, carry on, brother. Hey man, look, you know it just it just comes with that with that experience, and he's just trying to make sure I hit on everything. But look, on, on the tonsil deal. If y'all recall, and I know that I, I was on your show saying this exact thing. You remember when Trent Williams was uh, sitting in Houston? Yep. And we were saying we were seeing him in ATB, and we'd see him at the Cigar Lounge, or he was over there at OF, whatever. And, and, and we were like, man, maybe they should just reach out and, and, and sign Trent to play left tackle. and Because they had already dropped the Titus Howard and Sharpen. So we were thinking, you know, get Trent in here and let him play left tackle and solidify that for a minute and then maybe move Titus over or whatever. But then they went out and they made that trade for Tonsil, and then everybody was like, well, okay, they should be drafting like 25 or 26. It shouldn't hurt us too bad. And then all of a sudden, now they go uh, 4 and 12, and we're sitting here giving up two very, very valuable high draft picks for Laramie Tonsil, who I'm on record as saying I like Laramie Tonsil, but his ass is a little too soft for me, man, playing left tackle. Because I don't know if it's Jack Devlin or if it's Larry Tonsil, but I didn't see Larry Tonsil pancake block anybody ass this year. But I did see him standing around watching Deshaun Watson run around back there still getting hit. Larry Tonsil needs to be tightened up, man, in terms of getting somebody over there as an offensive line coach that's going to put some real dog in him, man. I already told y'all, I don't give a damn about these old skinny jeans wearing ass dudes, man. I need you to be a dog when you're playing in them trenches like you're supposed to be. So that's my position on Laramie. I'll take him over the third pick, but we need to get him tightened up, man, so that he can go out there and really become the left tackle that we really need to make sure that run game and passing game is 100. Now, son, I want to say thank you. I, I, you know, I appreciate your brutal honesty about a lot of stuff because I think we're in the same wheelhouse about a lot of things. I can appreciate the fact that you're saying that you played the Super Bowl for Bubba McDowell and uh, uh, Al Smith and Will Fuller and all great children and all them dudes that didn't get the Warren Moon, that didn't get to get one with you, Lorenzo White and all your dogs still in Houston. And I love that about you because you always acknowledge them all as which is what we grew up on. But what you did to Aaron Wilson today made my heart just jump a beat, man, because you stopped his ass in full track when he was over there talking about who was over there being a part of the process or who in the room. If Jack Easterby is in that room and he has any kind of input on anything, we know they are failing this organization and this fan base. Because we know that that is not the route that they should be going down. And I am not sure, and then maybe I've missed it, but I don't think anybody else has been fired over there over on Kirby after a 4-12 and season, which I still don't understand. But if we got to continue to play these old silly-ass games about what's right for the Texans in terms of Alonzo Hyde-Smith or, or, or Lewis Riddick or, or, or Eric B. Enemy, and we got to do this dance and we're going to miss out on whoever we're going to miss out on, Cal McNabb, big sorry ass, is going to learn a large lesson when it comes to money and folks and their time, man, and I'll holler. As always, appreciate that. That leaves us with a few seconds to get to the other side. 713-212-5790. One more segment to go, and I'll tell you why Philadelphia Eagles fan base should actually be excited about the future. We'll talk about that and much more in the trenches only on Sports Talk 790. 
Welcome back in the trenches. Sports Talk 790 heading into our final segment. Chris Gordy, Andy Kalush, Sean Jones here. Little three-man roundtable. And guys, I wanted to get your thoughts. Some of the names coming out here on Texans head coach candidates and GMs. The head coach names we know, right? Like we, We've heard a lot of these guys because they're either big-name coordinators or guys who have been head coaches before. The GM candidates, you kind of have to do a little research on. We don't know a whole lot about them. But if I throw out some of these names, these are just the latest names that are either have interviewed or will interview for the Texans GM job. Malik Boyd, who is the director of pro personnel for the Buffalo Bills. You got Omar Khan, Omar Khan, who has been with the Steelers in their front office for 20 years. Uh, guy who's moved up through the ranks there. He's the vice president of football for them. You have Trent Kirshner, who is the vice president of player personnel for the Seahawks. And then you have Scott Cohen, director of football research for the Ravens. Just throw those guys' names out there. Any of those stand out to you to go, man, and, and we'll put Nick Casario in there as well. Any of those names make you go, I think that guy could do a good job. Absolutely not. Not saying that they can't. I just don't know enough. And, and the guy that I've been pushing for, Alonzo Highsmith, you know, I don't know if it would be a good fit or not. But those guys, when you look at their resumes, especially for GM, you can make an argument for almost anyone. Like you can literally make a you can make an out of the box argument for someone who's not in football, like a Daryl Morey. You, you know what I'm saying? And I don't want this. I'm just making a point that when it comes to the general manager, because they're not household names, uh, you can argue that it's more running a business than it actually is football. So you can throw names out there and make a good argument until they prove you correct or prove you wrong. So yeah, those names just don't really mean anything to me personally. Um, I, I think that. This job is unique in that you don't have picks. So you don't need the face of an organization. You don't need a cap guy. You don't need someone who's going to be able to shake hands and kiss babies and make sure you have the, you know, the proper PSL pricing. Right? What you need is someone that's an evaluator. And you need someone that can find you players. You need someone that can find you players in the picks that you do have. And then you need someone that can work the free agency and find players from free agency, both draft free agency and and the uh, regular free agency. That's what you need. So whoever fits that bill, that's who you're looking for. But that's why I throw Omar Khan, who is a, I know you said cap doesn't matter, but like in my mind, cap does matter now more than ever because you don't have the picks and you're up against it with the fat co contracts of Laramie Tunsil, Deshaun, all these guys. I need somebody who can wiggle the numbers. You can't wiggle the, the numbers. Down the the road. cap is a cap. That's what I'm trying. To, <laughs> the it, numbers it, are numbers. It, it is what it is. I mean, you, if you want to have, but such, you can such, rework such deals. Yeah, but that's 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 a science that is not as difficult <laughs> for the GM position. No, trust me, I've done. I did it for yeah. years. Convert okay? th this much to a yeah, signing I mean, bonus. How, do, how hard is it to figure that part out? That's the easy part. I can do that all I want to, but if I'm doing that for the wrong players, I'm still back in the same position. Right. You know what I'm saying? If I'm extending this guy, okay, I'm extending J.J. Watt. Why? Right. Okay. Okay, well, wait a second. We're about to lose Whitney Merciless. And? I mean, well, let's let's keep him. And let's give him three more years. And we can, you know, we can push the money out. Why? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so those are the kind of mistakes that you can make. It's cap. I'm getting more cap room. But do I have the right people in the room? I keep telling people about that damn room. 
you better have the right people in the room. See, I want my capologist and Chris Olson. Shout out to him. He was a capologist for the Texans. I don't, me personally, I don't necessarily need my GM to be able to construct that deal. I, I, I that want, guy. right. I want him to have that vision and then say, hey, capologist, the little man or woman with the bifocal glasses in the back room just making the numbers work. Like going to the cap, like, like for me, I actually think. Having JJ around for three or four years, three or four more years, isn't a bad thing. But I go and what to the, number? That, that's my. There that's you, a, you just answered my question. I, I have a number in mind. Then I go to my capologist. Hey, can we make this work? And then if so, we present it to JJ. And if JJ says no, that's way too low. Then we say, you know what? Thank you for everything you've done. JJ shouldn't Good be saying luck. anything is too low, though, by the way. JJ should be riding off in the sunset. JJ, and maybe people don't have enough of this conversation with JJ. So, JJ, if you're listening, listen to me. There's value in playing your entire career with a team, all right? There's also value in, in terms of you understanding your value, and it's not what it was five years ago. You mean more to the Texans and the city of Houston than you will mean to any other team. All right. Finish your damn career out. Get your leg, you know, a nice little ten million dollars a year for the next three or four years. Keep it pumping right. and then keep it going. You are not a twenty million dollar year player. I'm giving you ten. All right. But that's you want to go make someplace splash someplace else. The only place where it makes sense is Pittsburgh. Green Bay or Pittsburgh. Bay. Or Pittsburgh. Why don't Pittsburgh people ever say Pittsburgh? Bay. Pittsburgh. Well, his brother's there, right. and he's gonna be second fiddle to his brother because he's the second best wide at that point. But Green Bay would make sense. You go back home. He could. Yeah, the whole family's you know, beloved you know, in Wisconsin. And, and, yeah, exactly. So that may make some sense. I if you want to go back play for the regular team, and home team. And I know I'm in the minority. I think Pittsburgh makes more sense than Green Bay if he's willing. To be second fiddle to his brother. How cool would that be to finish your career? Not one, but two of your brothers are on the team, and he can still be they like productive there. That, that's actually a good point. <laughs> okay, what's, like you might love each other, but you might be like, oh, I can't play with him. With from what's in it for me for the Texans? What do you get if you're moving? Are you talking hypothetical trade? A, a fourth round pick from the Steelers doesn't do me anything. Oh no, no, I'm saying when he plays out his contract because okay, so he has one year becomes, left. Yeah, yeah, when he's a no, free but agent. no, I'm, I'm, but you're talking about one year. We can't wait a year. It's this year. I need no, some, no, no, no. I need some. I need relief from JJ, JJ this year, and then we're done with JJ. I want to keep talking about JJ. His production though is still it's still decent enough for. I'm keeping him because whatever I can try to get for him trade wise does not equal the value I'm getting. Okay, for him. Let, me, let me stop you for a second. And, and, and that that is such a nine and seven is the bar conversation. <laughs> well, you're right? four and twelve. If you are looking for that kind of production that J.J. Watt gave you this year and you're willing to take that because you can't get anything better than that, all the more reason why you need to get an evaluator in here to get players in here. Because that's not enough. That, right. that, you that, need that, a number that, one, JJ number two Watt. pass Yeah, that's Roger. a J.J. Watt discount because he's J.J. Watt. I'm not counting not because, on him to be my number one guy. No, no, but I'm just saying, though, you're just giving J.J. Watt that because he's J.J. Watt. You're not accepting that. That's For not what you year, need. I get what you're saying. There's only maybe about four guys in the entire NFL where you say, okay, he has one year on his contract left. He's not as – I think he's supposed to make $17 million. He's not a $17 million no. defensive player. I'm converting you, that you, into a signing bonus. No. Oh, well, either That's way, it. he's getting all the money. I'm because, giving him a 17. I'm converting that to a signing bonus, okay. and you're going to give me two more years. Then what's he making the next two years? Um, the equivalent of $7 million a year. For the next three years, I'm giving him a three-year, $21 million deal, and I'm converting that 17 into a signing bonus. That's it. Out of pocket, it's a 17 plus four. I'm only adding $4 million of new money. Enjoy, JJ. 
He won't take that. Don't then don't take he it. About to curse. He's about to curse. Is he about you? Is he look at it? It's about you apologizing for the things you were paying me seventeen and a half million next year, and then I'm an unrestricted free agent. I'm going to do it's everything. It's not guaranteed. I'm going to do. It's not guaranteed. I'm going to do everything in my power to stay healthy, come back with a vengeance in a contract year. Let me tell you something, dude. You come produce. back with all the vengeance you want. Do you ask it over thirty years old? Unless you are enhanced, you are not the same player. Not, and I said it. That's what, what I said. Unless you are enhanced, you are not the same player after thirty some years. I'm sorry. Who led your team in sacks this past year? You're saying I'm washed up in this past year. Who, who led the Texans in sacks? J.J. Watt? With five? <laughs> five, okay. You, and is, an interception? Is, I can't argue and the nine and is a bar argument. If nine and seven is a bar, I can't argue. Can you see a scenario where he comes back next year and has a nine, ten, ten sack season? Contract year. <laughs> is that the only I'm, way? Okay. If, if you get a lot of help, okay. that's all I have to say. It's all hard. Right. A 30-something-year-old pass rusher is hard. I've only seen it done once before, and it was another. It was a kid. I forget his name. Uh, Trace, Trace, Trace Armstrong. Armstrong. Yeah. And he was enhanced. Mm, I said it. it. That's gonna do it for us tomorrow. I God, said it. God will the same time, same place. <laughs> you heard the voice of Sean Jones, and that's why we do everything we can to get him in here. This has been in the trenches, exclusively on Sports Talk 790. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.